It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. In today's episode, we take a look at Lou Anarumo's press conference, the interesting things that he had to say to the Cincinnati media today. No new pictures coming out of Bengals training camp, so there's nothing for us to scrutinize there. But we did get a video from popular Bengals fan, tailgater, Bengals Jim. He had video of Joe Burrow throwing. He went up on the bridge to take a look at the Bengals walkthrough today. So that was fun to see. After I break down the details of the Lou Anarumo press conference and we listen to some of the key quotables from that press conference, we continue and finish up our positional preview series with the defensive line. And this is a group that is likely to be in flux. I expect to see some changes here. And that's a great segue because Lou Anarumo talked about this in his press conference today. Lou Anarumo in that Staten Island accent made an appearance today on Zoom for Bengals media members and spoke at length about a variety of topics ranging from rookie linebackers to expectations for some of the newcomers in free agency. And where we'll start the conversation today is by focusing on what he had to say about defensive line. ESPN's Ben Baby posed the question to Anna Rumo asking if the team had plans to bolster a thinning group. Well, how, how concerned are you right now with defensive tackle depth given, given the uh, attrition that's happened before uh, the season started? Sounds like I'm not the only uh, guy worried about that around the league. It seems to be uh, a few guys or a uh, few teams are having that issue. But, you know, we'll, we will, I'm sure, address it. And, and uh, we've got some good young guys we're working with. And, uh, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not, we're not practicing until I think August 12th or something like that. So we still have time to uh, maybe go get a guy or two, but we'll see how it all shakes out. Two major takeaways there from Lou Anarumo. One, he talked twice about maybe we'll go get a guy or two. They do have one spot free on that 80 man roster right now. The Bengals currently at 79. They have not filled that roster spot since making those roster moves a couple days ago to get to 80 before the team's first activities altogether on Tuesday. The other thing that's really interesting here is Lou Anarumo doesn't necessarily feel rushed. They're not practicing, as he points out, until August 12th. Or as he said, something like that, as the team does have this long conditioning acclimation period that the NFLPA and NFL agreed upon to try to protect the players and get them acclimated to football shape without risking soft tissue injury. 
Anarumo and the Bengals here, though, are clearly aware of the situation across the league where defensive tackles and in some cases offensive linemen and some defensive ends as well have opted out at a higher rate than other positions. You hear stories about college players. There's a college offensive lineman whose mother speaks out on Facebook about her son dealing with COVID and really struggling with it, having to go to the hospital for a long period of time. A lot of these big guys are impacted more heavily by this respiratory disease. And as such, you're seeing a greater rate of opt-outs there across the league. The Bengals, though, as it stands right now, with Rennell Wren on the non-football injury list especially, they need some help, especially on the interior defensive line. Elsewhere in the interview, Lou Anarumo did point out that the Bengals are in, he said, two defensive tackle formations or packages 70% of the time. And by that, he means that there's only two, which means that they've taken one off the field because the Bengals' base defense right now, which they're in about 30% of the time, uses three defensive tackles. They've got somebody lined up at nose tackle or in the one technique between the center and the guard. They've got one guy that's probably a three technique. That's traditionally Geno Atkins' role. That's between the guard and the tackle. And then they've got another guy in the five technique right on the outside shoulder, potentially, of an offensive tackle. In a traditional 4-3, what the Bengals were doing before Luana Rumo came to town, that would probably be a seven-tech defensive end. Might be a six-tech, might be a wide nine. You've all heard that. That's where the defensive end is outside of the tight end or where the tight end would be a very wide alignment. But for the Bengals... They're using two defensive tackles most of the time. Those top two guys right now, obviously, are DJ Reader and Geno Atkins. Behind them is really just Rennell Wren and a few college free agents in Trey Deshaun and Tyler Clark and maybe Kendrell Futrell, who's currently on that COVID reserve list. If one of those guys steps up, great. Lou Anarumo does talk about they're working with some young players, but I imagine this team is going to want something else with experience, another guy with experience to play defensive tackle behind Geno Atkins and DJ Reader. Because if one of those guys goes down, suddenly this whole group is pretty close to replacement level players and a bunch of college free agents and Rennell Wren. You could talk about Andrew Brown maybe kicking inside and being a rush defensive interior player as well. But the Bengals mostly see him as an edge player. You could talk about Maybe Sam Hubbard kicking inside. Maybe rookie Khaled Kareem kicking inside. But all of these are pretty speculative. And so that's why I really think where there's smoke, there's going to be fire here pretty quickly. And we'll see the Bengals address this position in the next couple of weeks as practices kick off in 2020 training camp. Today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. And if you're like Bengal Jim and you're going up to the bridge, keeping your social distancing, of course, to watch Bengals training camp with your binoculars, And maybe you need some food delivered to you. Maybe try DoorDash. Maybe they'll bring you some food up on the bridge. And maybe maybe you're not on the bridge. Maybe you're just dealing with never-ending laundry and you're working from home. You got a ton of emails coming in. You have all this stuff to do on your to-do list. You're worrying about your kids. Give yourself one less thing to worry about. DoorDash is a fantastic choice to take care of your next meal, especially right now. Not only do they have crazy variety, you can get anything from Chinese food to frozen yogurt. You right now can get a great discount. Right now, the listeners of the Locked On Bengals podcast can get $5 off and $0 of delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. 
All you got to do is download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKDOWN. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKDOWN. Coming up next, I'll wrap up the rest of Lou Anarumo's press conference, what he had to say about the rookie linebackers, and interestingly, continuing the trend of paying attention to what the Bengals think of William Jackson in his contract year. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As James Rapine loves to say on the Locked On Bengals podcast, let's keep things rolling by talking more about what Lou Anarumo touched on in his press conference with local Bengals media members today. He was having a good time. He was joking with people. He was happy to see everybody. And that's always nice to see a little bit of friendly personality from your gruff defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo who in some ways takes after Mike Zimmer in that way they're both guys that have secondary backgrounds they're both guys that are pretty no-nonsense kind of guys Lou Anarumo with that Staten Island accent I mentioned earlier is always fun to listen to it's always fun to hear him talk and he was asked a wide range of questions starting with let's talk about the linebackers he said that Logan Wilson Akeem Davis Gaither and Marcus Bailey are all coming into camp. He said they look more like veterans than rookies. Of course, they've had five days of rookie walkthroughs before they started the full team activities on Tuesday. So those rookies did have a chance to get some acclimation period before things started with the rest of the team. But it's always encouraging to hear your defensive coordinator say, hey, the rookies we brought in, they're as mature as we hope they be. They're fitting the mold of the team captain, the Again, in in a couple cases, senior, in Logan Wilson's cases, 24-year-old rookies coming in. So they all came in in great shape. And those are all encouraging signs for a young linebacker room that's really totally overhauled. And in fact, Lou Anarumo was even asked, have you ever gone through such a defensive overhaul in one year before? And he actually referenced a year in Miami. They did something pretty similar. And he was pleased with the outcome. He was also asked about William Jackson. And this is part of the conversation that I found particularly interesting. We've been talking on this show for a while about the fact that the Bengals are not sold on William Jackson. They are not sure they're ready to commit to him long term. And Luana Rumo's comments today reflected that. So let's take a listen. This question actually asked by our own James Rapine. Happy birthday, by the way, James, taking his day to celebrate with his wife in Cincinnati. Let's listen to his question for Lou Anarumo, though, from Wednesday's press conference. Coach, what are your expectations for William Jackson this season? Yeah, I just want Will, uh, A, to stay healthy. Uh, you know, he's coming off that shoulder. So I want him to stay healthy, and, and, I, and I want him to be consistent. Um, that's all any of us want, especially in the back end. If you're a consistent player, you'll play in this league a long time. So uh, he's got great God-given ability. Uh, he, he has to do it on every snap and, um, and it's hard. It's a tough position that he plays. Uh, but, but really just for him, it's consistency, both uh, in the run game where he's asked to tackle, but certainly paramount in the pass game where he's asked to cover and 
knock balls down and pick them off. So uh, consistency would be the number one thing with him. I think it's fair to say, listening to Lou Anarumo talk there about William Jackson, that the team is a little bit disappointed with what they got out of him in 2019. Across the board for PFF, his performance slipped. His run defense grade went from a 68.3 his rookie year in 2017 to a 71.2 in 2018 to Lou Anarumo's first year, just a 44.3. He talks about the shoulder injury that William Jackson dealt with, and I think that's certainly part of the equation there, but his coverage grade has also deteriorated every year from a 90.4 in his stellar standout first year to a 72.9 to a 55.2, according to PFF. The raw numbers are fairly similar in a lot of ways from year to year. The last couple years, he's averaging giving up 39 catches, give or take, about 550 yards, gave up fewer touchdowns, in fact, in 2019 than 2018, just three touchdowns. But the big difference is he stopped getting his hands on the football. In 2017, in just 700 snaps, he had 11 pass breakups to go with an interception. In 2018, on over 1,000 snaps, 10 pass breakups, zero interceptions, on 26 more targets than he had in 2017. So more opportunities to get his hands on the ball, fewer plays on the ball in 2018 versus 2017. Then in 2019, roughly the same amount of targets as 2018, he had 64 targets, had one interception, and just two passes broken up. He was making many fewer plays on the football himself, so despite the fact that the completions allowed just goes from a 55% catch rate to a 60% catch rate from 18 to 19, a lot of that isn't because of what William Jackson was doing. Still missing some tackles, but his tackling grade actually improved significantly in 2019, incidentally. I think perhaps because he was involved in fewer plays, he only had 30 tackles, but only missed three. Whereas in previous years, he had 33 missed tackles, but missed nine. So he was involved in fewer plays at the tackle point in 2019 than 2018. He also had fewer snaps. But the the, the point about consistency is, is something that you hear Zach Taylor talk about all the time. You hear Lou Anarumo talking about he needs to be able to tackle in the run game. And his tackling was better last year. Don't get me wrong. He actually didn't miss a tackle, according to PFF, after week three. He missed one tackle a game in weeks one, two, and three. And after that, zero missed tackles for the rest of the year. But he just wasn't making plays in coverage last year the way we're accustomed to William Jackson and his ball skills making plays on the football. And that is something that will have to round into form in 2020 if William Jackson wants to get a lucrative second deal in the NFL. And before I move on from the William Jackson discussion, I do want to make one correction. I think earlier I called 2017 Jackson's rookie year. That was, in fact, the first year he played, but not his rookie year, because as we all remember, in 2016, he dealt with that injury, did not play all year when the Bengals opted to return Cedric Pierman from the injured reserve instead of William Jackson. Of course, if you listen to yesterday's show, you know that this year that wouldn't be a problem with the new IR rules in place for the 2020 season. Unfortunately, wasn't the case for William Jackson in 2016 when he came into the league. We're all looking for him to get back to maybe some middle ground. Maybe he gets back to getting his hands on, you know, roughly 10 to 15 percent of the passes thrown his way instead of, you know, closer to one out of 30 passes thrown his way. That is what we're used to. That is 
the William Jackson scouting report, really good ball skills, really good speed, good recovery speed, especially doesn't get lost, doesn't panic with the ball in the air. Didn't see as much of that in 2019, but he definitely has it in him. As Lou Anarumo points out, tons of God-given talent, tons of natural talent, and, and he can definitely get back to that level. You, you'll read between the lines a little bit. You wonder if there are some focus concerns, but I personally am a William Jackson fan and would like to believe that he can get back to his previous play. He's still young. He's hypothetically, reportedly healthy going into his age 28 season. This is a great time for him to have a great contract year in his prime and have a great year for the Bengals. Luana Rumo also commented about the three safeties that they've got available to them. It sounds like everyone is really excited to have Von Bell in the building. He actually said Von Bell was introducing himself to his teammates who he met for the first time in the huddle when they got together for team activities in some cases. He also talked about the way that they'll use Sean Williams, whether it's in a rotation, whether they're playing with two safeties back, whether he's going to be the third safety on the field. He left all of those possibilities open, was very noncommittal really when asked about that kind of stuff. Also talked a little bit about the scheme and whether he was fitting it to his players or fitting the players to the scheme. So there's a little bit of both, but did make note that you don't want to force a square peg into a round hole. And it's good to know that at least he's aware that you should really be crafting your defense, your scheme, your offense, no matter what you're talking about in the NFL to the personnel you have available to you, maximizing their strengths and not forcing them to do things that they're really not cut out to do. Because that's never fair. That leads to stuff like Ray Malugo playing coverage or playing the, the deep middle zone in a cover two in a Tampa two. And, and he's not going to carry the seam well. That's not his skill set. So hopefully you don't see Lou Anarumo making those types of defensive miscasts. And instead that understanding comes through with cohesion in the defense in 2020. Speaking of cohesion in the defense, there has been a lot of upheaval in the defensive line room in the last couple of weeks with, as Ben Baby put it, attrition. Let's take a look at this unit and where it stands as of August 5th heading into the 2020 season, ahead of moves that I'm sure are going to come soon. That segment coming up next. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's time to finish our positional preview with the defensive line. This is a unit that is supposedly a strength on the Cincinnati Bengals team. We've been talking about this, it feels like, for the last three years, and it's been a little bit disappointing for the last two years. Largely, perhaps, you can blame game script for that. The Bengals getting behind early in games due to turnovers, due to short fields. And the pass rush never really had an opportunity to get itself going. For the last couple of years, this was really a unit built to play with the lead with guys like Carl Lawson, who when they can pin their ears back and go get the passer, are very good pass rushers. Same can be said for Geno Atkins, who is an all-around great player. But Geno is at his deadliest 
when he knows the pass is coming and he can just go at the quarterback. Carlos Dunlap, another very strong player on this defensive line. One of the best finishes to the season last year in the second half of the year for any edge player in the NFL. He'll look to reprise that this year. As Luana Rumo today, in fact, mentioned that they're trying to put Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap both on snap counts this year. But it is challenging. And here's why. Luana Rumo talked about a time he was standing on the sideline. He looked to his left, there was Carlos Dunlap. He looked to his right, there was Geno Atkins. And he thinks to himself, damn, why aren't these guys on the field right now? And then you remember, you got to keep them fresh. He talked about his experience with Cam Wake down in Miami when Wake just wore down. Later in the season, he would be fresh early in the season, but when these guys get into their 30s, they just start to wear down a little bit more easily, no matter how good a shape they're in, than they did in their younger parts of their career. So getting Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins onto snap counts, onto pitch counts, as Lou Anarumo put it, requires other players to be able to step up and play those roles without such a significant drop-off. And we've seen for years when Geno Atkins comes off the field, the Bengals' defense just gets gashed sometimes. And we've seen this in, in a theme on second defensive drives. The Bengals will pull Geno off the field, let him get a rest early in games. They'll get him out there for the first drive, sometimes take him out for the second drive, maybe get him back out there in third down situations. But a lot of times you'll see teams just run like crazy when Geno's off the field, or the quarterbacks will just, you'll, you'll get no pressure out of the second unit. So imagine this. You've got Carlos Dunlap, Great player. Geno Atkins, great player. Sam Hubbard, good player. DJ Reader, great player. That's your first unit out there that's your front four in those two defensive tackle sets that Lou Anarumo talked about. You do that for one drive and it's great. The next drive, they, the Bengals do what they do and they make some substitutions. Maybe DJ Reader's still out there, but beside him is Rennell Wren. And, and they get Carlos Dunlap a breather and out there goes Andrew Brown. And, and maybe on early downs, they still don't like Carl Lawson as a run defender. I don't know if this is going to change this year or not, but maybe it's Khaled Kareem out there instead of Sam Hubbard, although Sam Hubbard does play a ton. So fair enough to say Sam Hubbard's still out there. Maybe on the other side, then, is Khaled Kareem or Carl Lawson or Andrew Brown. It's a pretty significant drop-off once, once you get past those first guys, and I think that they really are going to miss Josh Tupo. And Ryan Glasgow, I think those are both significant hits to the depth on this team, especially on the interior. I talked about this a little bit earlier. DJ Reader and Geno Atkins, fantastic one-two punch. I felt a lot better when three and four were Josh Tupo and Ryan Glasgow, both guys that when they play are very good, especially as run defenders. They don't necessarily offer a ton as pass rushers, but Ryan Glasgow every now and then would flash a little pass rush move and get some pressure. Tupo, more of a run defender but played in multiple interior alignments for the Bengals last year, and they're going to be missing that. He could play anywhere from the zero out to the five, and he did last year, and they're going to need someone to do that this year. Is that Rennell Wren? It might be. He's a very athletic player. He never had the production in college, and he comes into the league. He came into the league last year as an older rookie. Can he take a big step forward in year two with a bunch of NFL coaching to boot? You certainly hope so. But it's not promising for him that he's on the NFI to start the year. Right now, the only backups for the Bengals, Geno Atkins and, and DJ Reader, their starting interior players in camp right now, are Trey Deshaun and Tyler Clark. Because Kendrell Futrell, the other uh, college free agents on the COVID list. 
I think that there's really a need for depth here. They maybe are looking at moving Andrew Brown inside with Khaled Kareem uh, and Sam Hubbard and Carl Lawson as rotational pieces on the other side and, and with Carlos Dunlap. But there's definitely a depth issue on the defensive interior. DJ Reader, though, let's talk about him for a second. This is a fantastic addition to the team. This is the biggest free agent signing the Bengals maybe have ever had in terms of dollars and might turn out to be one of the better defensive signings that they've ever had, period. And and I say defensive because they've had some pretty good offensive free agent finds and guys like Bobby Williams, right, or or Cedric Cedric Benson as a running back when when they pick him off the scrap heap. They instead go out and spend big money on DJ Reader, right? And maybe the best, the best, biggest signing they've made, certainly the one with the most fanfare, I'd say. I remember when Joe and I were doing our free agency preview, we thought there's no way they're going to spend the money on DJ Reader. There's no way they're going to spend the money on a guy like, you know, uh, Javon Hargrave, who could come in and bolster this defensive interior. But DJ Reader, one of the best nose tackles in the league, the only guy that he really fought to a stalemate last year was Quentin Nelson, who's one of the best guards in the league out in Indianapolis. He's going to win. He's going to win against double teams. He's going to win often. He's going to help the linebacker significantly. I, I can't remember how many times I've said it at this point, but he will do his job at the point of attack more often than not, especially in the run game. And this is a theme, right? We talked about it with the cornerbacks earlier this week. DJ Reader makes this run defense better, both independently as a run stopper and a playmaker in run defense as himself, as a controlling nose tackle, and he frees up the linebackers to get in there, make their reads confidently, knowing that the defensive line in front of them is going to do their job and make plays on the ball because DJ Reader is going to occupy his blockers. He's going to make it hard for double teams to get up to the second level. He's going to occupy those players more often than not. DJ Reader, fantastic addition to this team. Everyone knows what Geno Atkins is. He may be slowing down a little bit later in his career now, but still, great first step, great power, great pad level, really good pass rusher, dynamic run defender, and you still get, I think, a lot of that from Geno. You might not get the quick first step quite as fast as it used to be. You're not going to see him necessarily cutting off you know, the zone reads and getting in front of, of the shifting offensive line the way he used to do quite as often, but still a very disruptive player. He's still going to create chaos, use that bull rush to his advantage, and he's developing, he's developed, I should say, in some, some of those other pass rush moves al- along the way that don't just rely on the first step. And I don't think that there can really be any complaints for Gino. It is worth monitoring, though, his performance this year to make sure that last year was just a flash in the pan and and they're going to get the most out of him for the rest of his career in Cincinnati. This is the one true guaranteed, all but guaranteed Hall of Famer on the roster right now. A.J. Green would be the next guy if he can stay healthy for the next few years. But Geno Atkins going on the all-decade team, you want to see him finish his career strong. And, and getting D.J. Reader beside him certainly is going to make things more challenging for defensive uh, offensive lines facing the the Bengals' revamped interior defensive line. Now, I talked a little bit about Carl Lawson, Andrew Brown, Carlos Dunlap, Sam Hubbard, the primary guys you're probably going to see at defensive end this year, although Andrew Brown is a guy that, at his size, he's listed, I think, above 290, can certainly kick inside, and rookie Khaled Kareem will come in. And I see him as kind of like a, a poor man's Michael Johnson, 
a guy that has good length. He can hold up against the run. Not a great athlete. Doesn't have great uh, burst. Doesn't have great speed. But is long. Is technically pretty sound. Is pretty strong. Is pretty big. Should hold up in terms of setting the edge. Which was an area where the Bengals struggled a little bit. Especially early last year. You go back and... Sam Hubbard's worst game of the season probably was against the San Francisco 49ers when the entire Bengals defense wasn't very good, but Hubbard really struggled to set the edge and was a big part of the reason that that the San Francisco 49ers just gashed the Bengals outside so much. But there are high hopes for Sam Hubbard. He has the most sacks of any player out of his rookie class two years ago in his first two seasons, and players with that production profile tend to be productive long-term in the NFL. A lot of you know that I'm not as high on Sam Hubbard as the sack numbers might indicate because the rest of the pressure package isn't there as much. However, I do recognize that Sam Hubbard has plus athleticism. He has a great motor. He's an incredibly hard worker. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him continue to excel. Maybe have a TJ Watt kind of breakout at some point. Maybe not quite to that level, but but something like that in terms of magnitude of jump. I think that that could be in the cards for Sam Hubbard. I'm not saying that it is because there were signs of that, I think, for TJ Watt. But you have that kind of sack production. It's hard to argue. And he does have the athleticism and the motor, certainly, to continue to be a valuable player. And and if nothing else, he's not going to come off the field very often for the Bengals because he's just in great shape and he'll go forever. Really like Sam Hubbard as a player. I'm not sure he'll ever be kind of that top 15 edge rusher, that top 15 edge player that some people think he might be. But I think there's a chance that he becomes a much better player in year three, takes a bit more of a leap. I think the more likely outcome is that he's a very good outside player. Carlos Dunlap is a guy that when we talked to uh, Paul Daner a while ago, he said, man, when Carlos Dunlap is motivated, he's unstoppable. He's one of the best players in the league. And Carlos in one way, has been the best in the league for a long time, and that's a batting pass. As he uses his length, he anticipates passing. He, he anticipates passes and get into, gets into passing lanes really well. And, and we know what he is. This is a known quantity for the Bengals, and as long as he's performing at the level he is, very valuable player for them to have at defensive end. Carl Lawson is a real wild card for this group. He has dealt with injuries, has a boatload of natural talent, much like William Jackson, who we talked about earlier, has great long arm, has great strength, plays with good pad level, has decent flexibility. Really, that's what pushed him down into the fourth round is that he can't quite bend the way you see a guy like Von Miller bend, the way you see uh, the, a guy like uh, Khalil Mack bend, but really good pass rush moves, a technician, an absolute technician, and, and has great strength. Like to see him stay healthy, right? Like to see him be a little bit more consistent, much the same as William Jackson. And again, in a contract year for Carl Lawson, drafted in 2017, you're really hoping that he can do something that approximates his rookie year when on 389 pass rushing snaps, he had 59 total pressures and 10 sacks. That would be a fantastic year to see from Carl Lawson, who's had six total sacks in his about 400 pass rushes since in 2018 and 2019. Although I will point out that in 2018, despite the low sack number, he only had one. He was very productive otherwise as a pass rusher, totaling 25 pressures on just 184 pass rushing snaps. 
So there's a lot of upside with this defensive line, but there's also some questions and we'll have to see how much the addition of DJ Reader makes life easier for everyone else around him. And I think it should because he is a nose tackle, but he provided some punch as a pass rusher last year too, which is a large part that he got the amount of money that he got from the Bengals. And if the Bengals do make a move, we'll be sure to update you right here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. That's going to do it for today's episode. Tomorrow we're joined by Rob Weintraub from Football Outsiders to get their perspective on the Bengals' outlook this season. Until then, Bengals fans, who day, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.